We're going to uh, kind of fill in some of the teaching we're doing on, on Sunday mornings. We're in a series on Sunday mornings called Stronger. And of course, the text that we use is from Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 14, where it says, The strong spirit of a man will sustain him in a time of infirmity or in bodily pain. And so we know and understand then that the stronger we can be in our hearts, then the more that we're going to be able to repel and we're going to be able to ward off some of the things that we go through in this life. And so in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, and we'll notice this in verse 10, Ephesians, the sixth chapter, and in the 10th verse, of course, in the King James, it says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, when the Apostle Paul is saying, be strong, that's not just a pep talk. That's not just something to come along and pat a person on the back because perhaps they're going through something and they're going through a, a difficult time. Just be strong now. Now, God doesn't waste words when he puts things in the word of God. Be strong is an enablement to have an infusion of strength from the spirit of God who lives on the inside of us. Now, notice it in the amplified version. He says, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with Him. So this union that we have with Him through the Word of God, this union that we have with Him through prayer, through community and through fellowship like we're enjoying tonight, this union that we have with Him must of a necessity be absolutely, absolutely maintained. It's easy to slide back. It's easy to close your Bible. And you know that one day without prayer can make a person real weak. And so that's why we need to make sure that we maintain a good Bible study, that we maintain a good prayer life, and spend time praising God. That is all a part of maintaining your union with Him. And we've talked about how that we are in training, and the Holy Spirit is the greatest trainer in the whole universe. You see, oftentimes people are trying to do some things when they should be in training to do some things. See, I can't try to run a marathon because I haven't trained for a marathon. Don't want to train for a marathon. I, I, I'm not going to try to play the violin during the offering tonight. Don't want to. You don't want to hear it. I haven't trained to do that. And so there's some things that we can be in training on a regular basis that will help us to go grow strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Some of the things we've looked at is meditating in the Word of God. It's not just information that we need. We need to go on to Revelation, where the Word of God comes alive in our hearts. You see, the Bible says that the entrance of His Word will bring light. It will bring illumination. It will cause us to see some things we've never seen before. It will cause us to know some things that we've never known before about the mysteries and the secrets that are revealed, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And it's a great thing. Amen? And, and so then, information is good, but we want to get on meditation so that we can get to a point of revelation. And I think I said during part of this series that meditation is the bridge to revelation and to mutter, to ponder, to think about. Another uh, thought about the word meditation means to speak, to say what God's word says about us. And we know for sure that God's word has said a lot of good things about you and about us. 
How about this one? We're new creations in Christ. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are the redeemed of the Lord. Is that right? And so the more that we meditate in this word, then the more real it becomes to us. And so putting God's word first place, but then not just uh, receiving with a teachable spirit the engrafted word, which is able to save our souls, but then also being a doer of it. You know, a person who says they have faith with no corresponding actions to back that faith up, well, the scripture says it's dead or it's inoperative. So faith without corresponding actions is dead. Now, we understand this, that we're not saved by works. That's right. But once we get into the kingdom of God, once we become justified in his sight, then we have some actions that we need to put into practice so that our faith is not just all talk and just not all glitter, but our faith has actions backing it up. Amen? Amen? So say this with me. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I am a doer of God's word. And then on Sunday morning, we started talking about the drains. You know, you can be in a praise service. Um, you can be in the word of the Lord. You can be acting on the word of God. But then there are things that come along in our lives that try to drain us or to weaken us spiritually. It's like putting, trying to put gas in a, in a, in a gas tank that's got a hole in it. Or maybe you've uh, run a bath at home and forgot to put the plug in. Well, the water just keeps running and it just keeps draining. And so life potentially has various drains. The enemy wants to drain you of your strength. Because he knows this. When you're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, he just cannot fool with you. Amen? Amen? Amen. So um, we talked then Sunday morning about we need to eliminate uh, the, the drain of fearing and fretting. And I might touch on that a little bit uh, this coming Sunday. But one thing I want to I wanna touch on tonight is being fleshy and living life just according to the flesh and walking in the flesh can be very draining. Oh, yeah. So I want to just talk about that for a little bit tonight. So turn in, your, in the Word of God to Galatians chapter 5 and notice with me in verse 22. Galatians, the fifth chapter and the 22nd verse. I believe this, the more fleshy we are, the more we yield to the flesh, the more weaker, weakened we will get in our spiritual life, in our spiritual walk. Notice some of these things about the flesh. Now notice in, in, in uh, Galatians 5.22, it says, uh, well, now we better start over here in verse 16. Excuse me. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The mere fact that he says walk in the Spirit means that he gives us the ability to walk in the Spirit. Okay? For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Notice verse 18. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. And then he goes on to list the lust or the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh. He lists these which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. So that's just kind of a small list of walking in the flesh. And if a person practices that, 
practice some of those things, practice some of those things as a way of life, it can be very draining. I mean, it just can weaken a person's spirit. And that person be born again, and that person be a child of God, and yet because their flesh is out of control, and they're walking in that, they're not walking in strength, they're yielding to weakness. Okay? And so we see here, it goes on to say, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But then he goes on to list the fruit of the Spirit. How many of you are interested in the fruit of the Spirit? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. There is no law. Now, the Apostle Paul knew very clearly that there would be this battle. There would be this battle between walking in the Spirit and the flesh. He wrote about it. You know, you look at Romans chapter 12 and Romans chapter 8, and you read those very carefully, you will see very clearly this battle between the lust of the flesh and the working of the Holy Spirit in our life. But aren't you glad He's given us the Holy Spirit whereby we are enabled to walk in the Spirit? I love what Romans 8.13 says this. He says, But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the flesh, you are going to live. In other words, you're going to enjoy life and have an abundance to the full if you will live your life according to the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen. Amen? Amen. Say it with me. Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. Now look at another verse with me tonight in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And notice in verse 27. 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, and the 27th verse. Just kind of laying a little foundation of some things that I believe the Spirit of God wants to say to us tonight. Got a word about some things, and I want to bring it forth. How many of you are believing with me? Now remember this, that we are spirit beings, we have souls, and we live in physical bodies. Say with me, I am a spirit, created in the image and likeness of God. I have a soul, which is made up of my mind, my will, and my emotions, and I live in a physical body. Spirit, soul, and body. And God put that in the order that it was intended, because the real you is the part of you that's created in His image and His likeness. He is the Father of spirits. And when you got born again, and when you came into the kingdom of God, you were born again right down here in your heart. That's good news, isn't it? But now notice the I that he is referring to in this verse is the spirit man. Here's what Paul is saying. But I, my spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I keep under my body. In other words... I do not let my body dominate me, but I, the real me, living on the inside, dominate my body. But I keep under my body, and I bring it. I like the fact that he calls his body an it. What do you bring it into? He says, I bring it into subjection. In other words, my body is subject to the real me. I am not subject to my body. In other words, I can order my body around. I choose to not live body ruled, but to live spirit ruled. I choose not to live 
flesh ruled, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, that's the way I'm going to live. How about you? So he says, but I keep under my body and I bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, while I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And that word castaway there means that I would be disqualified. Now, folks, we have a race that we are all in. We have a race to run. Amen? And in this race, it is so very important that we stay qualified so that we don't get sidelined through the lust of the flesh and become inactive in the kingdom of God. We are living in a day and an hour where all hands must be on deck. The prayers must pray like they've never prayed before. Believers need to stand in together and be spirit-led and spirit-filled and spirit-people not living according to the dictates of the flesh. Amen. Amen. Now, let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. And notice with me in verse 1 and 2. So a person that is spirit-led, spirit-filled, and not flesh-led... A person like you and a person like me then, we need to make sure that we get rid of excess baggage. That we get rid of excess baggage and that we do not allow sin to reign in our mortal body. Now notice with me in Hebrews, the 12th chapter and verse 1. I want you to read it with me tonight. This is Bible study, right? Ready, read. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every way. Now stop right there. Notice with me that you are the understood subject of that phrase. Let us lay aside. Well, somebody says, I just want God to do this for me and I want God to, I want God to do this and I want God to do that. God wants you to do some things. He says, let us lay aside Notice with me, every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience, what? The race race that is set before us. When I was in high school and my brother Tim ran track, what they would do is they would put some weights on their ankles and they would run around the track with those weights on kind of getting them in conditioning, getting them in training. And then when race time came, they released the weights, and man, they were a lot lighter. And so he began to run around that track and always did a really good job. Well, this is a picture of Olympian, laying aside the weights. You are an Olympian in God's eyes. You are gold in the mind of the master. And so he says, Lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, I'm going to read this from a couple other translations so we don't really need to look at verse 2. And I don't know whether we have this translation, but let me read it to you from today's Living Bible. It says, Let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up. Now notice with me in the Amplified Version, and we do have that, so we're going to pull that up. In the Amplified Version, it says, Let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance or weight 
unnecessary weight, and the sin which so so, uh, readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to us and entangles us, and let us run with patient endurance and steady, active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. So here's the point. You can feed on the Word. You can exercise your faith. And yet still be weak because of those things that deplete your spirit. How many of you want to run the race? How many of you want to finish your race? You see, sometimes even in the, in the world of motorcycles and cars, what they do sometimes is they, they modify them so that they can go faster. They make certain things lighter. They, they shave off certain parts of the nuts and bolts and shave them down. Uh, and they do some things to the frame so that when they get in a race, they can move quickly, quickly. How many of you know it's possible to accomplish more spiritually by shaving off all unnecessary things? Has the Lord ever dealt with you about that? You know, the truth of the matter is, is we don't need more power. We have the power of God on the inside of us. We just need to make sure that we get rid of the drains, the hindrances, and the excess weight. The excess weight. Let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back. Understand this. We're not always going to be here. Time in this life is so very short. I mean, we're going to blink and we're all going to be in heaven. And oh, what a glorious day it will be. When our Jesus we shall see. But we're here now. We have an appointed course. We are on assignment. We are His ambassadors in the kingdom of God. We are representatives. We are diplomatic ministers of the highest order, which is going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature. We've got places to go and things to do. But we cannot do these things weighed down. Weighed down. Weighed down. And that's what I want to get into just a little bit tonight. Everybody okay? Psalm 31.10 says, Sin has drained my strength. Sin has drained my strength. You probably heard this phrase. It's a very interesting phrase. It says this, Sin will take you farther than you wanted to go, keep you longer than you wanted to stay, and make you pay a higher price than you ever wanted to pay. Why did Samson, this strong man, Why did he get weak? He was yielding to his flesh. He was sleeping with the Philistines. Now in 1 Peter chapter 2.1, it tells us, or 2.11, I think we do need to look there. 1 Peter 2 verse 11. 1 Peter 2.11. Laying aside the weights. Glory to God. Stronger, stronger, stronger for the last days. I don't know how many more laps we've got. But what do you say? We run our lap strong. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11, he says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from what? 
abstain from fleshly lusts, which do what? They war against the soul. That's the battle. The more that we live in the flesh, the more warfare we're going to have up here. I didn't think that up. That just came right up from my spirit. I'm going to say it again. The more a person lives and yields to the flesh, the more warfare they're going to have in their soul. It's possible to be a born-again Christian and to be an unstable soul. Or to have instability in your mind, in your will, and your emotions. I believe this. That as we get certain things out of our lives, things will begin to line up up here. Now there's always going to be a battle in the soul because that's where the battleground is. Don't get me wrong. Now here's what I, here's what I got today. Look with me at 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy, the second chapter. Y'all still here? Everybody's still here. All right. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And notice verse 20. It says, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. Verse 21. If a man will purge himself from these, what shall he be? He shall be, you shall be, I shall be, we shall be vessels unto honor. Vessels unto honor. Presenting our bodies as living sacrifices to God daily. A vessel of honor. Notice that next word, sanctified. That word sanctified means that we are the set apart ones. I said we are the set apart ones. We are vessels of honor set apart. For what purpose? And we are meat for the master's use. That word meet there means we are enabled to be used for the glory of God in the master's vineyard. It also means that we are fit or spiritually fit for his use. Oh man, I love that. If any man will cleanse himself from these, he shall be a vessel to honor, sanctified, and profitable to the master, to every good work having been, been prepared. I like that, don't you? Yeah. Prepared for every good work. Amen. So every day, when you get up in the morning, open your eyes and start giving God praise. Yeah. Say, thank you, Lord, for another day to live. Every day, Read your Bible. Every day, pray. Every day, serve God. Every day, do something nice for somebody. Even if they don't really understand what you're doing, do it anyway. 
I was at Walgreens the other day, and this was after the incident that I had on the road where I almost got in a car accident and almost got in the flesh and punched somebody out. But I was at Walgreens, and, and there was this young couple, and I don't know if they were married or boyfriend, girlfriend, and, and you know, they had their things up there on the counter, and, and um, there was a problem with the credit card. So obviously, you know, the credit card wasn't going through, and you could tell they were embarrassed, and the line was long, and people were kind of looking like this and stuff. And, and uh, so I had $20 in my pocket. And I said, here, I want to do this for you. Go ahead. He said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, yes, yes, yes. This is my act of kindness for the day. Don't cheat me out of a blessing. And oh, he was so thankful and so grateful. You see, God brings people across your path that you can speak a kind word to. That you can maybe give a $5 bill to. Or whatever the case may be. Did you know that some people are just starved for a smile? Now guys, you've got to be careful who you smile at. <laughs> Sometimes they may get the wrong idea. <laughs> Start calling you smiley. But you get the point. Every day, just live for God every day. Just do it. Cut some things out. Whatever's been offensive to you, cut it off. Whatever's been a hindrance to you, pluck it out. Get rid of it. It's not worth it. How many of you know the television can be extremely draining? Well, I just need to, I just need to go home and relax. I understand that. I watch TV. I go to movies. But I understand that it's very possible to get overly entertained. And a person that is overly entertained gets drained in their spirit. So we need to be very focused on what we do with our time. What we do with our thought life. What we look at. What we read. Who we associate with. How many of you that wrong associations can be like weights? I believe it's in Corinthians. It says uh, corrupt communications, um, corrupt good manners. Evil communications or evil companionships, evil associations can corrupt good manners. It can be draining. Somebody said, yeah, but I I went to high school with them. Well, great, good, wonderful. Go to the reunion. But don't go to the bar with them. Yeah, but it's Friday night and they're laying on the horn. No, you lay your life on Jesus. Amen. Amen. You understand what I'm saying. I got an idea. Why not just live for Him? Live for Jesus. Live for the kingdom. Live for the cause of Christ. If you've got to put your flesh under, just do it. Somebody says, yeah, that might hurt. Yeah, it might hurt for a while. But I'll tell you what, God will strengthen you. And He will enable you to live for Him. This is what's on the menu tonight. I hope you like it. Second Timothy chapter 2. Let's look at verse 21 again. If then any of you may cleanse himself from these, he shall be a vessel to honor, sanctified and profitable to the master. Did you know that you're profitable to him? Some of you need to take that. To every good work having been prepared. And then notice in verse 22. This is part of 
laying aside the weights. This is part of purging yourself. Flee also youthful lusts. But follow after righteousness. Follow after faith. Follow after charity, love, peace. Notice with it with me. With them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. There's something about a pure heart that God says, I can use that person. I'm not talking about you being perfect in all of your ways, but I'm talking about having a pure heart prepared for the call of God upon your life. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor Mark. Amen. (laughs) So being spiritually fit makes us able. Not being spiritually fit disables us. Now look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1. 2 Corinthians 7, 1. Purge yourself. Amen. I do it regularly. I have to hold my flesh in check regularly. How about you? I mean, my, my flesh doesn't want one piece of pizza. It wants the whole pie. How about you? Oh, I see those halos over your head. I got to hold myself in check. How many of you know, if you love the Lord, He'll let you know when some adjustments need to be made. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1, it says, Having therefore these promises. Now, what are these promises? Well, the promises that He's talking about goes back into chapter 6 where it says in verse 16, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Say with me, I am the temple of God. So there's no harmony between the temple of God and idols. For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I'm going to dwell in them. I'm going to walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. And then he goes on to say, Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And verse 18 is shouting ground right here. And he says, And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. These are some golden promises, aren't they? And so he goes on in chapter 7. By saying, now having therefore these promises, dear beloved, here's our part. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting what? Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now don't let the word holiness throw you off. Holiness has nothing to do with your hairstyle. It has nothing to do with the clothes you wear. It has nothing to do with whether you wear rings or whatever the case may be. Holiness is simply Christ-likeness. So when he says, cleanse yourself from these things so that holiness or Christ-likeness can be perfected in your life. I thank God for the cleansing blood of Jesus. I said, I thank God for the cleansing blood of Jesus. You know, if we miss it, what do we do? We don't sit and around and wallow and get down ourselves. We just admit it and quit it. 
If we confess our sins, He is faithful. He's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from what? All. All unrighteousness. Anything not in conformity to His will, to His plan, and to His purpose for your life. If you will subject yourself to the blood of the Lamb, He will continually cleanse you every day of your life. Lift, Lift your hands and say, thank God. For the blood of Jesus. So, I want to talk to you just for a few moments about what some of those weights are that we could lay aside. There's a long list of them. We won't go into it. But I just want to share the ones that I feel like I'm too shared tonight. Lay aside the weight of comparisons. Trying to compare yourself with somebody else the clothes they wear or maybe the house they live in or the car they drive or perhaps the gifting they have. Just stop all that comparison stuff. And be glad that God has blessed them. But don't shortchange yourself. Know that God has blessed you. And know that in your life, you have something to offer. You may not have the same gift. You may not live in the same kind of home. But I'll tell you what. You are in Christ Jesus. And you have been given giftings for the glory of God. Don't compare yourself to other people. Just don't do it. The Bible says when we do that, we're not operating in the wisdom of God. You know, I've been in ministry and Brenda and I have been in full-time ministry for 40 years. We've been around a lot of ministers. And I tell you, ministers can be very proudful. They can be very, very proud of all of their accomplishments. And they like to let you know about it. And I can remember going to some places where, you know, man, we felt like we were a small church, but they had this huge mega church and they kind of let everybody know about it. And I thought, but you know what? That was my problem, not theirs. Because I needed to learn to value and to esteem what God has put on me. Thank God for what He's put on you. Thank God for what He's put on other people. But we need to value and to honor what He's given us. And stop comparing. Amen? Now here's another one. We already talked about it. Lay aside the works of the flesh. Now we could perhaps say it this way. Sometimes we like to try to accomplish things in our own strength. Sometimes we like to get things moving and get things going because we're educated or because somebody else is doing it and they've done it, they've done it, and we can do it here. So and so has done this, so I'm going to do it. I got a word for you. Except the Lord be in it. I said, except the Lord be in it. Listen, except the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain that build it. It's wood. It's hay. It's stubble. So, remember that. And then here's another thing that can weigh us all down. Man, the cares of this life. 
the, 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 the weights of the world, the, the cares of what's going to happen here and what's, what's going to happen in our nation, the care of it. What, what's what's going to happen to my family? Maybe you have a, 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 a mom or someone that's sick. What's going to happen to them? What am I going to do when I get older? Those are weights. Those are cares. And the Bible said that you and I have the ability to lay those things aside. I like to say it this way. I'm not yielding to the pressures of this life. I'm yielding to the promises of God. And all of His promises. What are they? Come on, somebody. All of His promises are yes and amen. Lay aside the cares of this life. Cast them on God. They used to have a saying in AA, which I went through in 1974, 1975, and NA, Narcotics Anonymous. I never really understood it until I got a little bit older. But they used to have a saying, let go and let God. How many of you know there's some wisdom in that? Let it go. Trust in Him. Let God bring some things to pass in your life. Lay aside every weight. And here's another thing that can be very weighty is bad attitudes. And I got this phrase while I was preparing today that bad attitudes can come from wrong thinking. Bad attitudes can come from thinking on the wrong things. But good ones come from thinking and speaking in line with the Word of God. Good attitudes. Lay aside a bad attitude. Lay aside a judgmental spirit. How many of you know it's dumb to judge? You know why? Because with what measure you meet, it will be, ba- it'll be measured back to you again. That's why we need to be very careful about who we're judging and what we're saying about people. Well, let me just point it out to you in the Word. Look at Matthew chapter 7. Meat for the Master's use. I tell you, I believe I'm looking at a bunch that's able. Hallelujah. We're connected to Christ, right? Thank you, thank you, thank you. What verse did I say? Matthew 7, 1. Thank you, Michelle. Michelle's listening. Matthew 7. Notice here now. Judge not that you be not judged. The greatest thing you can do about judgment is judge yourself. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Why behold the mote that is in thy brother's eye when there is a log in your own eye? So he's talking about 
just letting stuff go. You know, probably the greatest thing we can do for things that we see and we know are wrong, probably the greatest thing we can do is just pray. Just pray and just believe God. Let's stand up, everybody.